Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one, one chapter, chapter at, at a time. This episode of The Read-Along is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. Winter is coming and energy usage for all Albertans will be increasing. So now is a great time for listeners to look at their utility bill and ensure they're getting the best plan. Albertans have a choice where they pay their utility bills, and Park Power is happy to provide free, no-obligations comparisons. If you decide to switch providers, it's easy, and you can feel good knowing your support a local business and helping give back to your community with your utility bills. Learn more right now at parkpower.ca. You ever been really upset about something? Like really upset about something? And then later on you realize that maybe you were just hangry? Yes. It happens to you quite a lot. Oh, I get hangry. Nita, I get very hangry. Nita gets very hangry, and unfortunately, both of our children appear to have uh, inherited that trait. I'm sorry. Uh, because if they do not have a proper snack or a decent meal on time, oh boy, does the crank start. Oh, yes. Our son especially. He gets the hangries. And he doesn't really recognize it is He's the problem. He's only five years old. Of no, but, not. But he'll be cranky, and he won't be able to identify why he's cranky, and he'll be like reluctant to eat something. Yeah, because he's cranky. Because he's he cranky. He doesn't want to eat. Yeah. Uh, he just so, wants to sit and be cranky. So it's uh, sometimes difficult. Yes. With him. Which is why, which is why you got to nip that hanger in the bud. Make sure you fill him full of snacks. Right? Like, I'm going to start right when he comes home. I'm going to be like, so you need a snack, bud? Yeah, let's get something in you. Yeah, that's been something that we've been doing lately, is trying to get him to have a snack when he gets home from yeah. his uh, daycare. Yeah, because then he's not a little rage monster by the time dinner is ready. <laughs> that's right. Yep. That's what we're times. trying for. Hey, parenting. Yeah. Uh, we make him sound like a total nightmare. Uh, the truth not. is, he is very well behaved, to the best of our knowledge, at the very least, at school and at the daycare. He certainly was at the day home. Oh, yes. It's just when he gets home, he turns into a little crank. He is genuinely a sweet little boy. It's just that small children go through a witching hour, and really, <laughs> usually the only people that see that are mom and dad. So, there we go. Yeah, speaking of witching hours... Smooth. I liked it. Uh, that's kind of where our story is starting to head. Um, quick recap of our previous chapter in which uh, some truth bombs were dropped. <laughs> oh, yes. Epic truth bombs. Yeah. Nick learns the uh, actual reason behind his longtime friendship with Johnny, and it turns out it's not so great. And he makes a fateful choice and turns his back on her and walks away. And that leads us into chapter 26 of Beneath the Rising by Premi Muhammad. So I've titled my notes for this chapter, uh, Nick just needed a break, I guess? Uh, I titled my notes, nothing. But if I were to have titled my notes, <laughs> they would have been called it... You should start titling your notes. <laughs> uh, because, I mean, it takes a little longer than him just driving partway down the road, but more or less what I expected last chapter was going to happen, happens. Yeah. No, exactly. I 
I sort of knew deep down too. I'm like, he's probably gonna go back. But here's the the real question, and I'm gonna posit this right up front. Does he go back because he earnestly feels bad, or does he go back because he's magically compelled to? I don't know. <laughs> that is that is the real underlying question of this chapter. Right? And it hangs over it in a really uncomfortable way, which I'm gonna I'm gonna say means that that's good writing. Uh-huh. No, I genuinely don't know. I don't know if he's magically compelled and has just justified it to himself another way around. Well, especially or because if it's genuine, if he's like, no, I should go back. This is this is important. Especially because, and this is at risk of getting a little ahead of ourselves here, it happens all at once. Like it al- he almost turns on a dime. Yeah, almost. Something a little bigger than a dime. A nickel? A quarter. Turns on a quarter. Like, because he's angry, 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 angry. Something reminds him of Johnny. I should probably go back. Right. And that's that's kind of the trajectory it happens in. Which is why it throws the whole thing into question about whether or not it's genuine. Yeah. Anyway, so let's head into our our chapter breakdown. Yeah, so still shaking with anger, uh, Nick heads back to Erbil. Um, Despite this, he gets... A sense of freedom that is completely alien to him. He's never felt this way before. It's like his soul is lifted. Yeah, this this weird sense of peace, even though he's got the shakes. Yeah. Right? Like he's still, there's there's this weird calm inside him somewhere. And he, you said that he's kind of at peace, and that's the truth. Like despite the fact that he's very aware that he's probably going to die within the next few hours, he's like, no, you know what? If this is the end of the world, I'm at least going to die with real people as one of the real people, not some puppet to some wizard. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to try and get home to his family, knowing he's got a few hours left. Those are the people he wants to be with. Or at least try to get close to try his family. To, yeah. yeah. He actually also thinks back to how much his dad resented Johnny. And we we kind of knew this from earlier in the book. Uh, yeah, I was sort of touched on much earlier. He thinks about how it was partly because his dad had high expectations of his children. And couldn't help but compare them to this child prodigy who uh, was stuck to his son, it made him kind of resent her and kind of resent them in a way as well. And now Nick is just like, I wish I could just reach out to my dad and tell him you were right all along. She's just a fraud. Yeah. She's a made thing. Mm -hmm. She's not really a prodigy. I, I think this chapter is really interesting because you can follow Nick's line of logic through his anger. Yep. And you can sort of you can sort of chart it, right? And watch the decline and the turnaround. I'm making I'm making a, a swoopy gesture with my arm that no one can see. Indeed. So it's not at all helpful. I'm sorry. Because we're not on video. No. So Nick formulates a plan. First step, find someone who speaks English. Second step, get them to direct him to a Canadian embassy. Yep. Third step, tell them you need to blow up <laughs> this archaeological dig at Nineveh. Which he admits, probably a long shot, but there's no harm in trying. Right. And then step four, get home. (laughs) Sure. Four easy steps. Yeah. No problem. But you know what? He feels good about it. It's four steps that seem relatively reasonable. It's his own plan for once. He's not just being dragged around by Johnny. Right. And he's like, you know what? Even if I were taken into custody because of the reward, number one, I'm not going to be mistreated. Number two, what crimes have I committed? Except as an accessory to some of hers. Like, she's the one who's done the most egregious stuff. And that's been caught on camera. They haven't seen me beating up any cops because I have not beat up any cops. Right. So, probably, I'll be fine. Like, at best, resisting arrest. Yeah. 
he grabs himself some food, heads to the airport, notices the sky is getting real weird. Right? The clouds are turning funny colors, et cetera, et cetera. He correctly intuits that this is the alignment coming together and, again, surprisingly at peace with it. He's just like, you know what? This is Johnny's bill coming due and it's up to her to pay it. Yeah. It's not on me anymore. Also, the sound. The sound is getting louder. Yeah. As he arrives at the airport, uh, he notices the sound and it's a sound that's getting louder. And he, he sees that there are some confused people kind of looking around at like, Alarm speakers and yeah. stuff. like because they are expecting an air raid siren. Or an emergency siren, yeah. Right? Something like that. But this is different. It's weird. And it's kind of far away, but still really loud. Yeah. None, right? of, none of these alarms are going off. It's just a sound similar to it. And he can recognize that it's the resonance yes. that they first detected when Johnny first turned on the impossible box. And he's probably one of the only other people in the whole wide world who knows the sound. And that makes him feel special for a minute. Yeah. Which is a weird special to feel. It makes him feel like he thinks Johnny must feel all the time. Yeah, Just I know to, something you don't know. Uh, and like in a, in a resentful sort of way, like how she must have felt for years around him. Mm-hmm. Smugly knowing things that he doesn't and keeping them from him. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's right bitter about that. Oh, yeah. He goes to head through airport security and gets tripped up by having a bunch of, like, change in his pocket and such. <laughs> yeah. So he, he passes back through and starts emptying out all of his stuff. And, and while he's doing that, he finds the little baggie of frankincense. Just kind of for no reason other than he wants to. He takes a big whiff of it. And, of course, there's that sense memory thing yes. again. Yes. Right, that all comes back. Yeah, and it makes him think of Johnny. And and this is the point where it's hard to say if it's like just the emotional trajectory. He, As you say, he's no longer hangry. He's had some food. There's a little <laughs> distance between him and the shock. Yeah, he's had some time to cool down. Or if it is the magical compulsion. I don't know. But he abruptly softens. Yeah. Most of this chapter is Nick just sorting through all of his feels and it takes him like a meal and a plan and like step two of plan before he sorts out enough to take a step back and look at the big picture again. Yeah. And part of the perspective he gives himself here is something that you have actually hit upon a couple times in this novel. Yes, I'm very smart. One of the first things he he says is like they approached her when she was practically a toddler yeah too young to truly make an informed decision yeah when he thinks of that he's like then they were also counting on me leaving like that's why drazenoth dropped that bomb right then yeah and in the heat of the moment i didn't really register that no because he was upset yeah right and so he makes the choice that we were expecting last chapter at this juncture he's like no i'm going to go back and he kind of justifies it in to himself in that he's not going back necessarily to help Johnny. But if he's going to die anyway, he may as well die trying to save the world. Right. Part of that is also because he realizes that as much as he hates Johnny right now, he kind of hates them more. It, it seems like a weird comparison to make, like choosing choosing Johnny versus the world. But his his reasoning, at least to me, is solid. If there is a chance that him going back could save the entire world, he's willing to give it a shot. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. 
He gets back in the stolen Land Rover, drives back to the site at Nineveh through a blistering sandstorm with near zero visibility. Right. A couple times he bumps into things and he's like, I'm pretty sure that was a monster. And yep. sure enough, at one point, one of them like plasters to the windshield and blinks at and him like... a bit before getting like swept away by the wind. <laughs> right. Like, like turns on the windshield wipers. Some of it, <laughs> yeah, I think some of the things that like bump into him are kind of squishy, <laughs> you know. As he arrives at the site, uh, he notices chanting and kind of correctly intuits that that's them enacting some ritual to break through the doorway as it weakens. Right, the spell on their side versus the spell on our side. Yeah, he he kind of fumbles around because, again, visibility is pretty low, trips over something and quickly realizes it's one of Drazenoth's wings. That, okay, this is another one of those Nick not quite describing something correctly, right? And he's like, oh, it's a wing. And then there's Johnny's iPad or iPod. And I'm like, what happened there? Like, obviously Nick wasn't there, so he doesn't know, but he just sort of puts two and two together somehow. And I was like, I, I kind of want that story. We will probably not get that story. If this were the movie, we'd get that story. He No, I don't know that we would. Um, he's kind of impressed with Johnny, despite himself, that she managed to get in a good lick on Drazenoth. Right? He was like, good girl. That and guy was a jerk. Presumably, Drazenoth took off shortly thereafter because he's the rest of him does not seem to be around anywhere. <laughs> Hobbled away so, with his one wing. I mean, he'll probably get better. Probably. I mean, he grew 50, 50 sizes between the last time they met him and this most recent time they've met him. So I guess the loss of a wing isn't the end of him. Nick realizes he needs to get some height. So uh, he heads up a hill, looks around, and does manage to finally spot Johnny atop the highest structure nearby. Something is happening in front of her. Something magic. He yes. kind of describes it. It is the alignment. It's, it's coming into place. Um, Nick can't call over to her through the cacophony, and she does not notice him. So he, he races over to the structure and is like, well, Johnny's an injured lightweight with a laptop and a sack full of clay tablets, and she somehow got up. So there must be some way up. After a little bit of searching, finds a makeshift ramp that she put together. Yeah. And uh, on his fifth try, he manages to, <laughs> to get up. Climbing, uh, not his strong suit. Well, I mean, he's injured. There's high wind and sand. Right, he's in a sandstorm. Yeah. I, don't, I don't fault him for not making it the first try. Also, gravity is not working correctly. Oh, that's right. Because um, he notes that he falls a couple times from what should be an injuring height and is not hurt and bounces back pretty quick. And he's like, something's definitely not right in the area right now. Yeah. Physics is not working correctly. Right? Things are weird. When he gets up, Johnny doesn't really greet him, kind of acknowledges that he's returned. Nick is actually a little off-put that she does not express any surprise that he's come back. And he intuits that it's probably just because she's more focused on the end of the world that's happening in front of her. But this just lends further question to whether or not she expected him to come back because, again, magically compelled to be her friend. Right? But I kind of have to give Johnny a little bit of leeway here. She is in the middle of a world-saving spell. Kind of, yeah. Just saying. I think this one time we could give Johnny a little bit of leeway about being a jerk to her best friend. She'd better be very appreciative when this is all over. Uh, hard to say. I hope. She might not be appreciative to Nick when this is all over because we're we're getting to there. Yeah. We're getting to there. They might not survive. Fair enough. Carry on. Um, 
Nick moves up next to her, asks, hey, what'd you do to Drazanoth? Because I found, like, pieces of him. She just replies what he deserved. <laughs> this pleases Nick. <laughs> the bad news, though, mm. is that she cannot complete the ritual to close the gate. Uh, unfortunately, she did not find the amplifier in time. No. so it, she's, it could not be done. She's doing her best, knowing that it's probably not enough. Yeah. she She had even held out hope that maybe the long dead sorceress or her apprentices might offer some kind of assistance, but apparently the ancient dead not helping out right now. Not really. Yeah. She even almost kind of a little bit half apologizes to Nick for being unable to save the world. Okay. And again, we need to give Johnny a little bit of leeway. Not a lot, not a lot right here because she could have done better. We know like, well, I think she could have done better. We don't know that for sure, right? She could have asked for help. Yes. There could have been more help. Yes. But it was all refused because of her ego. So she gets a little bit of leeway because she is still trying. She could have tried better. <laughs> yeah, she could have tried better. Nick asks, is there anything I can do at this juncture? And she tells him basically no. They start reaching out through the gate, and Johnny uses the power word that they found, basically in, in a last-ditch effort, but to virtually no effect. Well, she gets, like, one good hit in, Yeah. but then they come back. Yeah, and mostly is just, at that juncture, drawn attention to them. Yeah. And moreover, the spell knocks her down, basically. That was it. That was the last of her energy. Yeah, that was her oomph. That was all um, she had. And she collapses, and Nick is like, okay... I don't mean to be uh, that guy, but the world is ending and you need to do that again, like <laughs> as much as you can. And she's like, I, I don't, I can't. Like, that's it. There's yeah. nothing. You else. are speaking way clearer than she could. Like, yeah. she is a rag doll of nothing. Who's like, can't, can't do <sighs> So Nick does kind of what we expected he would do. He offers to be her sacrificial ox, basically. Yeah, I'm a little unclear about how this worked. Johnny reaches out and takes all of his magic points and yeah. uses it to cast the spell. How? How does that work? I mean, I would argue that Johnny knows the, knows how to do that, probably, because she's quite steeped in occult lore at this juncture. Yeah. Number two, Nick is kind of willingly offering it to her, and indeed... Something was talking in his head, kind of telling him how to do it. Right. Which... I have questions about that as well. I'm going to intuit might be that ancient dead help that Johnny was hoping for. Maybe. That could be the sorceress. And maybe it was in Nick instead of Johnny. Indeed. That makes sense. Whatever it is, she takes everything from him and fires off the spell again. And the world may be saved and Nick might be dead. And that is the end of chapter 26. Yep. Ends on a doozy of a cliffhanger. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Now, full disclosure. We made a pact, an agreement, no spoilers. We would not read ahead. But because of the way the book is physically printed, chapter 26 ends on the left-hand side of the book, and chapter 27 starts on the right-hand side of the book. And so it is impossible, even without reading the words, it is impossible not to notice that chapter 27 is incredibly short. Um, I have not read those words. I pointedly put the book down at that juncture. But yes, we yes. do know for a fact that the next chapter is a sentence long. Yes. We are going to 
put a pin in everything right here. Yes. Uh, we're going to hold off on any further discussion of this chapter until next chapter. And we'll kind of roll it in because next chapter is so short, there's not going to be much to dissect from that. So, well, I don't know. There might be. That might be a, a mighty powerful sentence. Fair enough. But the the point is, we're going to we're going to hold off on some discussion for next week so that we can pad that episode a little bit. Yes, and agreed. keep this one a little more succinct. So this will be a little bit of a shorter episode. Next episode will be a little shorter of an episode. But that means that next episode won't be five minutes long. <laughs> right. It won't be us going. Okay. So it was one sentence. Uh, this is what we think. Thanks. Bye, everybody. So yeah. Um. Outside of of what little digression we already did. Mm-hmm. We're going to kind of put a pin in everything for now. Yes. And, and discuss we'll... it in a little more detail next week. Yes, exactly. Is Nick dead? Stay tuned. Yeah. Probably who knows? we might not find out next chapter either. <laughs> we might not. But uh, you'll want to read up on the next chapter, chapter 27. It will take you all of 10 seconds. Yeah. And then you get to just kind of sit on it. Your before... homework is super duper simple this week. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be tempted. You're going to be like, well, that was such a short chapter. I was going to read ahead to chapter 28. Don't do it. Resist the temptation. Or do it. I'm not the boss of you. But it does mean you have to wait extra long to hear our our uh, thoughts on our it. Th- yeah. on it. We're so, going to we're going to make you wait cuz we're going to do it. Take that into account. We're going to do it in our format. That is how we roll. <laughs> there are rules. Darn it. In the meantime, you know, the uh Alberta Podcast Network has been a great supporter of this podcast for some time now, and we would not have the Alberta Podcast Network if it were not for the support of various sponsors. One of those sponsors, practically from Jump, has been the Edmonton Community Foundation. Uh, They're a great organization locally that helps people help the community. They have a podcast that is very interesting and informative that talks about the, the people who are helping the community and the ways in which they do them. And here is an ad for them right now. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Bonkink. I'm Andrew Paul. And we're the hosts of the Well Endowed Podcast. The Well Endowed Podcast is produced by Edmonton Community Foundation, or ECF as we call it. ECF provides grants to charities through the endowment funds we create and manage with our donors. Hence the title of our show, The Well Endowed Podcast. Every month, we bring you a collection of stories and interviews with fascinating guests who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. Through these stories, we look at the space where endowments intersect with your communities. So if you're interested in the people and issues impacting your community, check out thewellendowedpodcast.com. Yeah, the Well Endowed Podcast. Uh, If you haven't heard us talk about them before, you have not been paying attention. If you haven't heard us talk about them before, welcome to the first episode (laughs) of the podcast you've listened to. You picked a weird one. You picked a weird one. Uh, You can find out, of course, more about them through links on the network website. You can also find uh, links to all of the member podcasts, a lot of great podcasts on various topics, uh, which are not necessarily just local either. Don't let the Alberta Podcast Network name kind of mislead you. We have a podcast on Bollywood. We have podcasts on... Um, just what it is to be a man living in North America in the modern world, like stuff that's very broad topic, not necessarily hyper-local content. Yeah. I'd argue our, our content is yeah. not necessarily hyper-local either. Well, it, it doesn't matter where you record a podcast if you're talking about a topic that applies to lots and lots of different people, right? Yeah. Uh, the point is, you're probably going to find other podcasts there that you like, so definitely check it out, albertapodcastnetwork.com. When you find a podcast you like, download it on your podcatcher of choice. While you're there, give us a little rating and review. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. We, we appreciate your time. <laughs> yes. Uh, you can also reach out to us on social media. 
Aha. Our standard list, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. We are at the read along on most of those. We can also be reached via email. We are the read along at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we love you very much, and we'll see you next time. For an incredibly powerful sentence, I hope. Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com.